genre. Tales from the Showbox, the once weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about comic books. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here as I'm always here with Sean Petit. Yo. Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Byte. Hey, yo. As a reminder, this is a spoiler heavy podcast. If you haven't read the books, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to spoil those. I'm going to give you timestamps in the episode descriptions to skip anything that you might need to skip. Our top story today is the. New X-Men Ultimate Collection Volume 1 by Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly, and a whole bunch of other people. We'll just say. <laughs> a lot of people on this book. Yeah. I tried to write as many as you can. But yeah, I just I just saw a lot that many names that and went, up. you know what? Look them up. <laughs> <laughs> we got the big ones. That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh God! So yeah, X more X Men more. Th- this is the good stuff. We're in the good stuff now mm, with X Men. It's just like a warm blanket. I just want to cuddle up in it. It's so good. Uh, you know, we'll get to it later. But uh, rereading this uh, made me realize that the 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 adolescent crush I had on Wolverine is absolutely because of this book. So that's fun. You know. Yeah, we got some horny Wolverine coming. So horny. Morrison implanted a core memory in Young Casey. Uh, honestly, they they implanted so many memories in Young Casey. We're only starting to peel back that onion. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of gender queer identity things that I'm only now realizing about myself that have a lot to do with Grant Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Right. Speaking of which, uh, you'll be happy to hear this, Sean. Uh, as of this recording, the uh, Rachel Pollock omnibus of Doom Patrol is finally out. You can finally I buy you. it. Don't believe <laughs> I, it. I saw it in person. It's it's real. It's real. I, I was I, just I was just at the shop. Uh, yeah, I said as today, of recording was, this because you will get it on Tuesday. That's, I don't believe you. I'll believe it when I, it's in my hands. Well, in the future, you're a fucking liar. It, and, it'll be in your just, hand. As of you just this recording. Take out the take off the the wrapping and it's just blank pages. Dude, that'd be a fucking, <laughs> or just you take off. I take off the the jacket and it's just Grant Morrison Doom Patrol. No! <laughs> Not Motherfucker. Again! <laughs> uh, no, that's great. I've been looking forward to that. I've read it. I read it on um, DC DC Universe, but no, it'd be great to have that on. Yeah, I've never I've never run. read it in any kind of uh, collected way because it's never been collected. Because you know, you yeah. might say uh, the DC hates trans women. I don't know. That's that's Maybe. an extrapolation that you could make, but I, I, I that's just me saying it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that Doom Patrol is uh, very. It's got some themes that are definitely related to that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of stuff with the uh, guess invisible. Man and woman, depending on where you jump on in that book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm hyped to finally read that. It's just yeah, it's add good. that it's to really the list good. of omnibuses that I still need to read. Yeah. Like it's just this it, um, this series has has just made my shelf unruly. It's dude, it's yeah, absurd. that run fi- really um finishes out. I think the man, uh, the thing, the stuff that Morrison started. Oh, uh, totally. It's, it's yeah. really it's really good. Dude, I just finished uh, the Thor on the bus for Simonson. <laughs> That's where the, I'm at. The beginning of the season? Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fucking incredible, but oh, I yeah. just finished it. While we're on sacrificing our free time in our shelf space, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
our Patreon stuff that we're recording right now, where we're all reading manga, and I, I may have developed a problem. I, I just it, started so Dragon easy. Ball. Just like, all right, oh, drop right fuck. into Dragon Ball oh, one. No, I think I, lost Adam. I created dead. a monster. It's just happened. dead now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just it's it's the bite sized nature of it. I'm telling yeah. you. It's so yeah. easy. It's like, oh, I've been reading this for today. Got it. Cool. Uh, the entire day. Great. Awesome. Uh, Adam, yeah. have have you have you checked out Berserk yet? Berserk's good. No. Uh, I feel like that's gonna scratch a particular demon itch. But uh, <laughs> listeners, at me, um, I, I I need manga uh, recommendations because I. I cannot navigate the manga app. I don't know what anything is. or anything, Also, I so. love that RJ's just over here like, well, fuck me, I guess. What am I, chopped liver? Well, just I mean, that's how fine. your recommendations are how I got here to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, from a slightly novice reader, I, I, I would say do Full Metal Alchemist, too. That's a great read. It's and only it's, got access to the Shonen Jump app right well, now. I don't know, what, I don't know what's so, on Shonen so Jump, far. RJ. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume everything's on there because it's the only like manga anime company that I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't know what's on where, but uh, yeah, I you know what I'll do. If one for- piece is on there, start that and you'll finish it. Never. Yeah, I'll be a <laughs> I'll be a skeleton with a beard by the time it's. Yeah, it'll be um, great. Well, if skeleton if with my good vibes. my past <laughs> right. history uh, repeats itself. <laughs> What I will do is buy you one deluxe hardcover of Berserk for Christmas and doom you to a lifetime yeah. of collecting giant oversized hardcovers of different yeah. book series. Can you not do that? that no, I, I am making a rule that I'm only reading manga digitally. I cannot start bringing that shit into my house. I yeah, just wait until you fall in love with something and you're like, I have it's this like is a- so pretty. I have to have it in my house. It's, it's Casey with animals. It's just like 100 percent. Where did these volumes of Naruto come from? <laughs> oh God, Casey! If if you if you end up coming up to visit anytime soon, you're gonna leave with two cats at least. Yes, I have so many fucking feral cats in my. You know in my my my, right my most recent cat. I feel like he needs a cat. Like I I got to get my cat a cat. Well, cause... there's this one really dopey looking orange cat whose eyes are too close together. Oh, I love him already. Yeah. Oh Good man. Lord. She's already I caught on him way. snoozing in, in the backyard earlier. Casey's today. already on the way. Adam. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm hitting uh stop right now and I am getting on a train at eleven oh nine at night. Mind, these are these are wild cats. They were born outside. Hell They've yeah. Always been outside. Challenge are, accepted, my it's, friend. It's like it's like taking in a squirrel as a pet at this point. Challenge accepted. You do not understand my history of <laughs> taming wild animals as pets. Um <laughs> I think I told y'all a couple weeks ago that my my cousin started listening. He can attest to the wild boar and the squirrels <laughs> and the turkeys and the whatnot that have infested our homes. And the whatnot? Uh, alligators. There was a pet alligator for a while until he got too big for the fish tank and he would crawl out and hiss at you in the middle of the night. Um, that was scary. That's, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go into the kitchen for a glass of water and you're just like, like, you well, sound I, like a nightmare to live with, I would, Casey. I would Albert have, like, is uh, that's Albert's room now. I, I straight I can't up shit my pants. <laughs> that is how you room. just shit your pants. <laughs> like whole. I, I don't know if I would have like that. Sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you know that alligators hiss, but they fucking hiss. That's just yeah. <laughs> and then if you don't move away, you that's that's bad. You lose your toes. <laughs> you lose something. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one warning you get. (laughs) 
But yeah, oh, with the exception of Lord. the two giant pit bulls, every other animal I've had has just been a wild animal. <laughs> Until they weren't. <laughs> Until you decided otherwise. <laughs> two oh, of them God. were too young to know any better, so I just literally saved their lives because they would have died if they had spent another minute outside. But the other ones were, uh, I'd say, argue still wild animals. <laughs> I, d- I don't mind the neighborhood cats. I like them being the neighborhood cats. They, they kind of, they keep, they keep rodents off my lawn. You should get and- them fixed, though. Because then you'll just have so, so many other neighborhood cats if you don't. <laughs> and then way less mice. Although way less birds. It, when yeah. it starts to get to the point where, like, I don't hear birds anymore. And then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not healthy. That's not good. <laughs> then they, they start adapting off, and yeah they throw <laughs> off the entire balance of the ecosystem <laughs> start living in that one house you know the, the I, real I, mm-hmm. i've learned that squirrels have like an alarm system for when cats are around and it's the most annoying sound i've ever heard oh yeah the the real problem is when uh, the population of nighttime ninjas that you swallow during your sleep goes away. <laughs> back on this shit again <laughs> I haven't done one in a while. It's fine. <laughs> Got him. Got him back well, in. I haven't really Ooh, talked about him. turtles in a while. Although there was new turtles this week. I'm just so far behind on. Was it the nighttime ninjas from uh, Firepower? It was. Oh, was that what that was from? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was. Yep, it was. I remember. Well, that goes back. If you want to dig into our archives. Don't. Yeah. I'm sure I was ah! annoying. Please don't do that. I was more annoying than I am now. Please don't do that. Damn, <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I knew that. That's how you know we've been doing this a long time. We knew exactly how Sean was going to insult me. <laughs> All right. So last week's comics, who's got them? Perfect. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with X Men, and we're gonna end with X Men. Yeah, but, nice you know. bookend. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My pick for this week is Immortal X Men number seven by Karen Gillan, uh, Lucas Wernick, and David Curiel. Talk about a book that went. 100 miles an hour the whole time. Yeah. It's true. So there <laughs> was Christ, so for man. our top story we're doing Morrison's X-Men and there's no Nightcrawler. So I felt like, you know, you got to got to talk about maybe the best Nightcrawler story ever. I don't I mean, this book is just this is one issue and it's insane. And it's, we needed it's a pinch of purple book. smoke in this uh, in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> if if you're a Nightcrawler fan and you're not even reading comic books right now, you you need to read this book. It is <laughs> crazy cool. Um, so this book is essentially the uh, Nightcrawler going on a solo mission dur- during Judgment Day, as you know the world is ending, and he is. Uh, they they figured out that the only way that they're going to survive is to uh, protect the machine that is Earth which Gillen created in the Eternals, essentially the Earth as a machine that brings back the Eternals and um, the Celestial is essentially trying to get it to commit suicide and blow itself up. Uh, There's a sad moment in one of the uh, Judgment Day books with, with Earth. Maybe. Yeah. I was like, aw. Earth is, Earth is a good character. <laughs> poor Earth. Um, I, I say that every day. Aw, poor Earth. So yeah. <laughs> Nightcrawler is tasked with finding an AI expert, which is uh, Moira. Um, so good. So <laughs> we, we know from previous issues that 
Moira is with Orcus, and Orcus is protected. The last time the X-Men tried to infiltrate Orcus during House of X, um, the main X-Men team all died. Yeah, it uh, did not go great. It, it didn't go great. So Nightcrawler's- Even more recently, the last time when Orcus, uh, or that, that one fucker uh, colonized the, the moon of Mars, uh, and then kept oh, yeah, Nightcrawler's yeah. corpse as a trophy. So right, like, right. Th- yeah, that already happened. That's yeah. fun. So uh, Nightcrawler is essentially doing a solo mission from earlier that took a whole X-Men team to not even fully complete. Um, so what they're doing is essentially they've resurrected about a dozen or so Nightcrawlers uh, all at once and then haven't backed the- any of them up and Nightcrawler is teleporting into the Orcus space and random locations and subsequently dying and then getting, like, instantly re-downloaded through being connected with Xavier. Um, yeah, and- he's, he's being, instead of um, being backed up from, like, a backup, Charles is doing it live so he can have all of the data because he's a... He's being killed and then brought back and then instantly going back yeah. with like through this insane elaborate system of getting popped up from an egg, going through a cocoon gate, using magic to teleport him into different places. Yeah, Ileana has it's like a fucking uh, wild uh, man. A yeah. hub with all her different portals activated. It's so crazy. Nightcrawler, in addition to his teleporting ability, is also being Ileana dropped portal. in different places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Nightcrawler's literally like everywhere all at once and dying. <laughs> it's and being crazy. like res- right. it it is so cool and and insane and it's just, insane. It's it's truly insane. Um well so he's trying to get Moira and he ends up succeeding eventually and uh so this kind of this is we're in the like the you know setting up for the finale of Judgment Day. And now Moira is with Nightcrawler, and we we have to after having Moira build up as this big ass villain, she has to. Uh, it's like all it's everyone or nothing, or the world is gonna end. So I love that, like just the ally of convenience, and Nightcrawler sacrificed himself so many times just to get this like alliance set up. Um, it is a yeah, and like the eggs and stuff are rare because um, didn't one of the five get? Or well, they're the, all separated right now. The right? five are aren't together. Yeah, yeah. So like they don't have that many, right? Either. So like this, and they used one. I think they talked about it in this too. They used one on Cap mm-hmm. because they need everyone to rally behind them and believe in them because everyone fucking hates them. Yeah, so this was a gigantic. So they could actually beat the fucking celestial and shit. Yeah, this Crazy was a gigantic game. gamble. Um, yeah, I just so, like the whole, whole vibe is like everyone's like, "Why are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I should try something new." The other shit wasn't working. I'm like, "All right, right. This, this dude rules." But, <laughs> well, well, getting well, um, it the issue is Kurt, you know, going all these different places. It's also him narrating, and Gillen is Gillen's voice for Kurt is amazing and it kind of really just um you know uh emphasizes it like symbolizes the character like one issue it just gets like it uh talks about you know his current mentality and the the voice for uh kurt in this book it, it's so good it's it's really my it's 
uh, I'm not like trying to be hyperbolic when I say it. it's maybe uh, my favorite Nightcrawler story, especially in the last like you know uh, decade or so. It, it's really a phenomenal issue and a highlight in Gillen's Immortal. So, I mean, honestly, I think Nightcrawler through this entire like House of X like new era of X Men has been one of the most interesting characters because he like went through the crisis of faith. It's just like, oh, if we're if we can be resurrected and are immortal, then I have to re-examine my entire like concept of life and death and and religion. I like I have to like right. take a hard look at as, myself as someone who went to literal heaven. Yeah, exactly. So then, so then he like he re recalibrated his beliefs and now has done all of the most heroic like dying for the cause. Like he like that mm-hmm. when he did die on was it like Phobos was the the moon of of Mars. Uh, like he literally died saving Earth from like a like a horrible like meteor attack or something. There's something to that effect where it's just like, oh yeah, no, dude just keeps literally marching into hell to save yeah the entire galaxy like hero shit well yeah, yeah 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 and he's he's a great character in that you know he's uh just kind of he's like the superman of the x-men where he's just kind of hope and uh kind of the op- optimist always even in the face of of uh just overwhelming odds so it, well, I like he's kind of like Tired of everyone's shit too, like Destiny. Yeah. So he's he's just like true. grabbing like Destiny, bamfing him out. It's like fucking talk. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna. What the hell were, is I wasn't going gonna on? drop you, but like you needed to believe I was going to because like you know some shit, and I'm tired of playing like doing fighting with one hand behind my back. Yeah. I'm not playing four D chess with at you. one point. Yeah. Oh yeah, that <laughs> yep. was great. Yeah, I really liked that conversation because uh, uh, he was like, it's like. Yeah, I get that you, you know, you can't, um, or it was like, uh, if you have a, a power to help right now, you have to use it. Like, you can't yeah. just wait for an opportune time. Like, we're, we're literally all dying. Yeah. Right. No, this is he the time. Great. It is the, it is go time right now. It, it was funny, like, when, when he was saying, like, um, we don't bring people back from the dead. We bring people back from earlier. Yeah. And it got me thinking, like, okay, if we've established that heaven is a real place, are there just, like, nine or ten Kurt Wagners in heaven right now? Is there, like, a Kurt Wagner wing in heaven? Well, I think what he's trying to say is none of them remember dying. Yeah. Everyone who's been brought back, he's the only one of all of this that actually remembers the time he got killed and knows what it feels like. So it's, so not, it's, you're not, so it's not actually it's not resurrecting really the people. same person. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. So, so then each time you, it, that's a new, that's a new, that's like Kurt Wagner 3.0. Like, yeah, I mean, it also, th- Hick- then that depends on where the fucking soul is, and I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah, Hickman's yeah. whole, that, that, there's, there's been so many discussions of that online, and my whole thing is Hickman's whole point to doing the resurrection thing was to cut through the, the like, uh, meta of dying in comic books you're, yeah, you're just yeah. supposed to not worry about it anymore because yeah. you don't so have just, to so we got it out for it yeah so right. then he made it a cool part of the story yeah which I, is great it, I get that people want to like you know look at it with a uh, magnifying glass but but really I, 
Yeah, I mean, I just want, they, st- I want X-Men stories. Going so, back you know. to the beginning of House of X, Wolverine was resurrected with his fucking entire adamantium skeleton intact. And even dumber, Steve Rogers yeah. was resurrected with his shield that is not part of his body, but it was nope. like in the egg with him. So I like, like that he it. was he was naked, but he had his shield. But he had his shield. Yeah. No, it's just it's silly comic book egg shit. With him? I don't because he he died he, with Kurt. So maybe they went and picked it up. Yeah, no, it like, was it, in the egg it, with him. He he broke out of the egg yeah, using uh, the okay. shield because that's the big splash page you need either, for the end of the uh, comic okay. book, and no other explanation matters. That's my, like, uh, I, that's all that's yeah. needs to be. My my, uh, <laughs> my thinking pretty much at this point with the X books is that. I will gladly take whatever uh, egg resurrection thing over, you know, oh, the Phoenix put Gene in a coma for a hundred issues, and it wasn't actually Gene who did the Dark Phoenix saga because she was, the Phoenix just became Gene. Like, I don't think people who are complaining about the egg things realize that if you look at any of the ways people have come back from the dead, it's, it's all, all just ri- it's all ridiculous. Like, yeah. I rather have the character than not have the character at the end of the day. So, yeah. I remember I, when they killed I don't Colossus, know what to tell you. and there was an issue where they spread his ashes, and I was like, "Well, I guess that's it for <laughs> Colossus. Never going to see Colossus again." Yeah. <laughs> well, and like in this version, they've kind of explained why people are like the way they are because they can customize their body and appearance so yeah if that's I how just, they come back that's what they want i Done. just truly do not worry about it and don't care yeah because like cosmar got a new body basically mostly mm. yeah so it, it makes for good stories it's it's cool yeah that's yeah exactly it. it's uh, it's comic books are cool end of in, like period it's that's like the, the most the comic sentence. booky th- way to solve it and it's fucking great yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, so I had a way better segue into this when we were still talking about Stray Cats. Um, <laughs> it was before my book. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was like 10 minutes ago. I, I've got uh, Chilling Adventures of Salem number one by Cullen Byrne, Dave Schoening, and Matt Hearns. Uh, so they're, they're bringing back Chilling Adventures of Sorcery soon. So they've been kind of teasing at it for a while now with these one-shots. Like we had a Madam Satan one-shot a while back. But this is just like a, this one shot of like a day in the life of Salem, the talking cat from Sabrina. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking great. It's just like it starts with him just kind of like being out and about and like catching mice and whatnot. And he gets like kidnapped by this group of stray animals. And it's like all kinds of animals, dogs, cats, ferrets, frogs. But they all have like glowing eyes. And they bring him to this magician who is calling upon uh what was the demon abaddon to and like uh putting the souls of demons into these stray dogs and cats to be like his army (laughs) of the damned those motherfuckers and then leave those dogs alone right so then it gets to salem and like the spell doesn't work and then salem speaks up and he's like you fucked up like I, I already have a soul in. Like I'm already a vessel for some other soul. And you know who really doesn't like trying to put a soul into something that already has one? A demon like Abaddon. <laughs> so now all of these, uh, these demon edibles just turn on him, and like they knock over his candles and stuff, and the place starts burning down while he's being like ripped apart 
by all of these demon animals. And Salem yeah, just kind of walks out. This is fucking rad. Yeah, also, they like, drew they, they drew this magician to be Peter Cushing, and I really fucking appreciate that. <laughs> Look at him. That's the most <laughs> Peter Cushing drawing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, great. I, it. I, it's it's such a good quick story. It's such a fun use of Salem and like I don't know real life demonology. It's great. The art's great too. The art is fantastic. I love this color work. Dude, these animals are draw like they're like perfect. Yeah, they're so well done. Rules. Yeah, the frog was my favorite. Mm -hmm. Frog's good. Yeah, I'm just kind of flipping through it now. I didn't get to this one, but yeah, I just like how they have all these collections of animals and they're all just have demons in them. So they just got these glowy fucking eyes. It's great. I like the uh uh the. I, I don't know if it's a gerbil or a uh, guinea pig, but it's, it's a, <laughs> I believe it's a guinea pig with like yeah, the, yeah. the eye beams yeah. coming out. It's awesome. <laughs> it's fucking great. I just, I, I love these, the, the, like at the, the horror Archie label. Mm -hmm. It's so dark and so. Yeah. Like, it's like, Archie. it's like, because it's, trying to be subversive of Archie, it's, like, so much spookier than most other horror comics. Or, it's like, fantastic. because it's it's taking Archie things, you, it, you can't help but read it as more subversive. It's, it's fucking awesome. It's so good. I can't wait for Chilling Adventures of Sorcery. It's gonna be great. Okay. Alright, so I got Batman vs. Robin, number two. By Mark Wade, Mahmoud Asrar, and Jody Belair. They versing Jordy Belair. Dude, Jordy Belair. Sorry, I may have just. <laughs> yeah, you fucked up. You, you did the sheet. Enunciated. Oh, I thought you did the sheet and you fucked up the name. No, I guess I just didn't enunciate. Just didn't Sheet's right. Speak. Sucker. Okay. <laughs> I love. Jordy um. Belair. So this issue, uh, well, if you didn't read the first one, they're feuding. They guys. mad. Uh, they mad at each other. Uh, this issue, we find out why. And if you guys have, uh, we get a familiar character. Uh, if you've read, uh, I've been reading um, World's Finest, the demon. Uh, what's his fucking Nez Nezza. Nezza? Yeah. Or Nezza. if you know anything about Chinese mythology. Or Chinese mythology, yeah. Um, we find out that he is the one that has. Uh, taken over Damien and is basically controlling him to do what he wants and he currently the de uh, the demon is gathering all these magical items and like trying to supercharge himself so he's you just see like these people going all, all over the world like they take like uh, Ragman's like soul suit and like all these other magical items from across the DC universe and they're like ripping all the power out of it and putting them into like Dr. Fate's helmet to like supercharge it for nefarious purposes. Of course, this dude's got quite the cod. Piece. <clears throat> he does. <laughs> he has a pretty good cod piece. Um, but yeah, the, most of this story is basically Batman with the newly resurrected and or complete fabrication of Bruce's brain, uh, Alfred. <laughs> um, as they try to figure out what's going on with Damien and they take a nice little trip through uh, Cain and Abel's house um, oh, yay. <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> yeah I, you know it's nice it's nice when you remember that Sandman is technically in the uh, mm -hmm. the DC universe also yeah. uh, the, I love that um, uh, what's his name 
Faustus is in this, and the, you get the uh, uh, Doctor Faustus oh, and the, uh, the Felix yeah. Faust. Oh, oh, Felix yeah, Faust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get oh, the, the Justice the League fingers, Justice League, Justice League uh, finger yeah, puppets. Yeah. It's like that classic uh, Justice League cover from. Yeah. I think it's like his first appearance. I, uh, I've been seeing that panel on on Twitter and Instagram all week. It's awesome. like, cause it's, it's, it's such a funny out of context panel because he has like superhero fingers and he goes, "Why is this happening again?" <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking great. Like, I hate it's also it a really happens. good out of context '60s cover where it's just like that. You yeah. know, we were, like we were talking about with the um, uh, DC uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like that's the silly shit that DC yeah. Comics were is him talking to all of his superhero finger puppets. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So basically, we. We get a really good recap too. We, uh, Bruce is basically, as he's getting sent around magically by Zatanna and going into Cain and Abel's house, kind of seeing through all the memories. So we see like what happened in Robin and how like they know that it's uh, Razal Ghoul's mother that's kind of leading this charge with this Lazarus Pit demon. It's like the origin <laughs> um, of the Lazarus Pit too, right? Yeah, which is funny because it's like. Alfred like turns to Bruce. He's like, "Did you know that Lazarus Pits had an origin?" He's like, "I do now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so well, they, I never we really thought about it, but here we are. Yeah. You're talking yeah. to a dead guy. <laughs> yeah, so we get a lot of lore in that way, but effectively, we find that Damien kind of goes exploring on this island because he knows like something's there, and that is where they locked up. Um, Neza, like that's where the demon is. So he oh. let him out in in and world's then, finest. In world's finest, yeah. So they locked him up in world's finest. So this takes away, and then Bruce sees it. It's like, and fi- it finally clicks. It's like, fuck, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, that dude literally nearly killed fucking everybody. <laughs> yeah, and um, like so I now, don't know yeah. when world's finest is technically supposed to take place, but like Dick is Robin and Alfred's alive, and yeah. uh, Clark doesn't ago. have. Uh, John, like John hasn't been born. Damien yeah. hasn't been born. So like, it's clearly a long time ago. Whatever. It's been a while. However, yeah. time works. Yeah. And he was trapped previously to that for like thousands of years. Yeah. And so like, he's mad. Would like I to get out and get revenge. Yeah. I love that scene or that part in Rose Finest because they trap him and Superman like traps him and it's like one of us has to stay behind, but then Superman steals a, a Phantom Zone projector and like goes yeah. into the Phantom Zone and that's how they pull him out. And that was the only way he they were able to capture him, right. basically. Superman, like, got lucky. Yep. <laughs> like, so now he's out, and he is controlling Damien, uh, so this dude can get his revenge on Batman, basically. So that's, uh, that's what this book's about. So this is not going to end well. And we get the iconic Damien Batman suit. Love it. Hell yeah. So he gets a new costume from, uh, I believe from Talia. No, from his grandmother. Uh, But he gets like that, the flash forward Batman suit that we've seen with him before. So now he's got that suit, which is pretty dope. It's always, that's a great costume. I like how it's kind of a dress. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's great. And it also hints that they've also brainwashed and taken over everyone. Tim, Dick, uh fucking stephanie and jason so uh well, that's said, not uh, good. what is a bad without <laughs> yeah that's not good that's the whole the family whole, and potentially most likely alfred as well is Yo, a manifestation all, this costume is him. fucking rad i just got it's to awesome it. it's, it's really it's, cool it rules. 
Yeah, and it we've is, seen like it's like a that. badass dress. <laughs> we've seen variations of that before. There's been like a couple of comics with him in the future as Batman, and it's this is the 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 costume, the outfit. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's, or it's that's very a cool similar. little connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So no, this has been really good. Um. I'm kind of liking what Mark Wade's doing with Batman and Superman and all these. I things. like it's like fun. Mark Wade's attention to to recent lore with this because like yeah. obviously he's writing World's Finest, but like he's also been paying very close attention to the like recent happenings in Robin. So it's yeah, this, like it, he's just exactly it's like the, it's like he was reading it as it was coming out. Or there's like a lot of really good communication in the Batman. Bullet. I think it's happening. I think that I think the stuff that's been happening in the X Men is spilling over because like. You can see it in like this, Ships Batman, Batgirls, all of those, Catwoman. They're all kind of, they're all tied together now. Yeah, they're it's they're great. all aware of each other and using that to their advantage. Exactly. Well, we also got um, teased that uh, Wade is in charge of the next event, which is a, a Lazarus event. So I think he's building towards that with this and World's Finest. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. I'm, I'm, that rules. I'm for sure into that. Um, because I, I, I've loved his tone on all of these characters too. I think he writes them all really well. I love that so this is great. technically like a sequel slash like tangentially connected to World's Finest, but has a completely different tone. Because uh, World's Absolutely. Finest has that fun, campy '60s tone, and this has like this if is, anything, it's really like a sequel to Robin. Yeah, no, it is. It, it, it's yeah, both, it's good, but you don't. You really need to have read Robin more so than. World yeah yeah the- but they, they do a really good job of if you didn't yeah they, they let you know <laughs> like this issue specifically gives you a really good because bruce doesn't know what really happened either. that makes sense yeah he wasn't there yeah so also mamud asrar's killing it this shit rules dude it's, yeah that art's dope <laughs> I, it looks really cool i love his art just in general but yeah i i didn't realize it was him like in the first issue and then i was like oh wow that the fight scenes are amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, top story time. Uh, I mean, this is where we once again declare that we are an X Men podcast. We're definitely yeah. today. I mean, we are an X Men podcast. We are an X Men podcast and a Grant Morrison podcast. And right now, uh, officially, sy- synergy with both at the moment. I mean, second oh, cool. to Claremont, this episode also felt like an inevitability, right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> It took us a long time to get here, but we got here. Yeah. We took uh, the long way. <laughs> so, uh, RJ, last, last episode, you had some really cool context for us on, uh, on uh, Claremont and all that shit. Uh, do you have any, any precursor to this? Because I read this at the time, but I don't think I was really reading any X-Men right before this. So, Didn't the movie just come out? Or was yes. about to? Yeah. The movie... Which one? The, fir- the first, first one? one. Yeah, the first oh, Fox wow. one. Yeah. Holy shit. So yeah. there's a uh, a Grant Morrison reason why they're wearing new suits. And then there's a, well, An the movie reason? just came out. So, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. People- it's clearly, clearly editorial uh, told them that they had to do this. And then Grant Morrison came up with a better reason why they had to do it. <laughs> My thing about the suits is that they're sick, but I'm glad that they didn't last past the much of the the run like yeah i i really like them but i don't think they work for uh it, it it was nice to see the the like go back to you know they got dope belts though yeah i'll give them that i, I mean like like <laughs> i said i like them i just i just 
glad that they didn't become like the main version of the. I like how that they, uh, the artists, each of them, because uh, I think there's a couple artists through this. This is what we cover. They all kind of draw them a little bit differently. So like mm. I like, like on the cover of one fourteen, like the X for the jacket, for like Scott and Gene is like on the front. Like Beast has it on like the undershirt. Uh, Logan just says "fuck you guys," but like the X for Emma is where her clothes aren't. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, I, I never that realized was... <laughs> that. What? So oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So Emma has the the two main out- outfits that Emma wears in this. It's either that where the negative yeah. space makes uh, the flesh X, or yeah. uh, <laughs> she's wearing an X sticker across her tips. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, it's, that's it's, right. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, either yeah. the complete opposite. It's either that or the complete opposite of that. Incredible. Right, right. Uh, Both right. incredibly implausible and well, also awesome. We're talking. I, about I, just, it more... I also want to point out that in our um our our little avatars for for dueling genre the 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 cartoon versions of ourselves, RJ is wearing one of these jackets, and it's mm. it's to this day one that. of my favorite things. Oh yeah. <laughs> I also just really want one of these jackets, because especially because they kind of look yeah. like bomber jackets. It's fucking yeah. cool. They're they're yeah, fucking yeah. cool. It's a good style. It, it's a good style it, jacket. Also, the style really reflected um, kind of Morrison's attitude towards the 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 book. Um, you know, uh, I had mentioned it to uh, I mentioned it earlier off camera, but uh, Morrison wasn't as big a fan of the X Men as we are. We usually talk about in the show of someone, you know, this like usually X Men is like the dream job, right? It's a love uh, letter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Marson wasn't too attached to them, and uh, they like a lot of this run is kind of really innovating them for the the turn of the century, and not um, getting them out of the shadow of Claremont and kind of evolving them past that point. And uh, and I think a lot of Morrison's um, like really anti-establishment and anti-authoritarian views got endowed into this X Men team because yep. they there was a very decided and purposeful shift from we're vigilantes that do vigilante shit to we like I, when Gene is talking to the press uh, like later in the book yeah. it's like this very definite like we are a rescue team and we yep. are we are a uh, like we are a humanitarian like uh re- liaison. Like we like we're we're doing things for the betterment of the world, not superhero shit. Yeah, you know, like and and yeah. I think that also reflects like instead of having goofy superhero costumes, we have a uh, a uniform that signifies that we're here to help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yep. and plenty of Morrison's uh gender politics and ideas are throughout this book uh i mean to me it's so funny it's one of those things like morrison specifically i it it doesn't even register because it's i almost i just expect it to be there when i read morrison anymore i'm just like yeah of course this is happening like every so but it's still like like you said it's so for when you don't read a lot of these books like that doesn't happen a lot in books like this but like morrison i I feel like it's in every book and all of the major heroes that he write uh they write it's crazy And and I feel like it it works so well for X Men because X Men has been queer coded the entire time it's existed in in one degree purposeful or another. But also right. like I think a lot of the reason that I have the outlook on 
gender politics, but also comics that I have is from reading Grant Morrison early on. Like, this is probably one of my first introductions to the X-Men before I went back and found other shit. And, like, this and Doom Patrol definitely were just like, yeah, gender yes. shit's weird, man. I think- and then just, like, not, not acknowledging <laughs> yeah. it at all as I being think, a um, I think, in a way, even though, you know, uh, intentional or not, uh, Morrison is kind of the perfect follow-up to Claremont, someone who, in, the, in 75, would change the way they wrote female characters because they started reading feminist philosophy. And... Um, you know, whose female characters for the time were the, you know, so different and actual characters and yeah. something. Yeah. They, uh, they existed as characters, right. not just and, props. Uh, the, you know, the 2000s turn of the century uh, counterpart to that is Marson and their beliefs. And uh, I think it was such a, it's, it's such a good follow up, even though, I mean, this run is pretty divisive in X-Men fans because it, it is so different from every X-Men run. Uh, even, even now, it stands uh, apart from them. It, it really pushed the book uh, further than it had been and uh, made it so unique to uh, like just Claremont's kind of overarching shadow even decades later. So... I also yeah. think it's, uh, I don't know if it's just the costume aesthetic or if it, is, I, th- I think it's the costume aesthetic and the, just the, the, um, the way the characters talk more so than the actual plot. Uh, it's punk as fuck. Like they injected <laughs> their it punk is, rock yeah. mentality into it too, where it's like, like, I can't even point to any specific examples of it, of it, but it just feels like more of a fuck you. It feels well, I, more I feel of like, like a, I mean, my punk knowledge coming just, you know, osmosis through you. Just, you know... Uh, Here to help. <laughs> just, like, you know, being on the same podcast. But I, I, I agree in that... Um, I think that really... That vibe is through the whole book. Um, uh, kind of, uh, like... Uh, also, like, a, a not a fuck you to X-Men fans, but, like, just, like, you know... They made like it's like I'm gonna make this book different, and you're going to either vibe with it or you're not. Yeah, yeah, no, not not like a fuck you specific to anyone, but like a this is gonna be what it is, right? And you can uh, you can love this, it yeah, or hate I, it. I, this is I'm writing X Men now. Exactly. Yeah. Deal with I, it. I'm not I'm not <laughs> going to um I'm not gonna like nostalgia bait you. I'm not going to exactly. tailor my I'm not gonna tailor this to uh the people that have been reading x-men for 40 years i'm not going and, like, and also i'm going at mach 10 and you can keep <laughs> dude, up or not seriously and like, <laughs> that's the thing that's awesome. very in this book very morrison fashion of just like you better be paying attention because i'm not gonna insult yeah. your intelligence by slowing down ever <laughs> got shot out of a fucking cannon and it didn't slow down at all it's, it's <laughs> and it doesn't for the rest of the series too it's, it's fucking, fucking awesome bonkers, we, we talked off mic a lot about this but i i was th- this book came out in the height of my x-men fandom and i stopped reading x-men like it's- right here like i read the first three or four issues of this and went like i don't think this is for me and then didn't pick it up again for years it's so crazy it's, it's to weird. think that this was running the same time as Austin's, which is like, Ooh, which, you know, if you take a poll 
it's probably the the dirt last bottom run like in terms of quality <laughs> like everyone hates Austin's the one run. thing that X-Men fans can agree on is fuck the Chuck Austin run. Like, every, we can like, fight about Chuck everything Austin else. Run. That's the one with the Draco, like, Nightcrawler's real father is Azriel. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, uh, okay. I believe uh, he gave Angel um, uh, healing blood, and yep. there's something with Bobby and P and, like, Ice P or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's all, it's all weird. P, eh? It's a weird Which is time. Like a slushy? Yes. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, um, it just I don't comes remember. out like, a solid rod. I try to black out yeah. that whole run, to be but like honest. On, on top of like Morrison's writing being like very divisive, um, Frank Quietly particular is a love it or hate it kind of vibe. And He's a very unique artist. It's a very sure. it, but like I love it, and I I completely understand why people hate it. I actually uh, I mentioned my cousin earlier. I, I I sent him a copy of um, All Star Superman because he's a huge Superman fan who hasn't read very many comics. So I was like, this is the one. Here you go. But like, also n- warning: the art you might hate it. I don't know because it's, <laughs> it's. I it's, don't want to assume you're gonna love this, but give it a, a shot because it's. It's a very, I want to say, wiggly style. Oh, it's wiggly. Like, it's wiggly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. stuff about it, uh, about the, the styling and like the, the costuming and stuff in this book that remind me of Eon Flux, like the original animated series. Like, it would look really good if you were reading it in like a massage chair. Uh, <laughs> so everything it, just like, it's like is, you're on the same frequency. It's like as the it? cabinet of Dr. Caligari and everything's just kind of wiggly. Yes. I, yeah. I think <laughs> the, uh, it's very, I like, yeah. Quietly, I love it. Uh, quietly, you know, regardless of what you think i think he is there's a reason why marson has worked with him so much is that right the they make such a good team and the the stuff that they've done together quietly has uh made each book feel unique and like can kind of change his art to like all-star superman is wildly different and such a such a mm-hmm. like very specific vibe um but quietly's art is that's probably my f- the that's probably where i love quietly's art the most is all-star um and uh but like from all-star to batman and robin to this book to v3 like it's it's all a different feel yeah, we three L- like mentallo it's crazy mm. like we three like i couldn't have I'm reading a lot of those. Like I wouldn't even think of that as quietly. Yeah, honestly, I forgot quietly did we three until you just said it right now. And I think like it really a lot of this art shows up in the um when he draws people, but like the objects in the background, it it's fantastic. And like the sequ actions and stuff like that mm. is great. Um it just I think it really I really noticed like this is quietly when he like with faces. I'm like, that's what well, yep, it, no mistake um, that is. I don't know the the like foreign sounds weird but like it's very like when you discover mobius for the first time like yeah uh it like Fre- right. if you just dis- if you look at like french art and like uh other country comic books they have a very like they have a very distinctive art style and well um, is also scottish uh, right yeah i was about to say he's 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 european i'm not sure exactly where he's from but it would make sense that he was scottish because you know oh, yeah. him and morrison yeah. are best friends but i do know that he is a a European fine artist and quietly I I found this out a couple years ago. This might be common knowledge, but Frank Quietly is a pen name 
And yeah, it's, I found that out very recently as well. Yeah, I, I found out it's, a couple of years yeah. ago and it blew my fucking mind because it's just quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because wow. someone was saying quietly and it's like, oh, no, no, it's not quietly. It's quietly because it's frank, frank, quietly, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he is Scottish. Yeah, there it is. Cool. Uh, but yeah, no, it definitely has that European <clears throat> comic flavor of just yeah, doing yeah. its own fucking thing. D- d- fuck you, you know. I was trying to, I was trying to find a way to describe how different the vibe is in this book from regular X Men, and I kept come, I kept saying it's the book sounds different, and I know that seems crazy to say, but like, I don't know, the whole atmosphere is different. Like, you hear a lot of comics. I've noticed. I, I, I do. This it's is weird. This again. It, <laughs> I thought the. It, it's very it's fucking like it's like watching like a thrill ride like because it's just going it, it feels like the stakes are super fucking high right away and you're going so fucking it, fast it's a lot it's of, like holy shit what is happening it's it's, it's interesting because it's a lot of things that you when you look just look at quietly's art in a vacuum you mm-hmm. wouldn't associate with like action scenes or uh right like you know any of the high concept uh, crazy shit that Morrison is doing, like. You, you I mean, there's it. a lot of quietly. I I think part of it is the seamless nature with which uh uh Morrison and quietly communicate. Like they they they're, have they're, a they have a mind meld at this point. They do, and and yeah. uh just from like listening to interviews with Morrison, it's this like it, it, almost innate where like he, they don't have to really describe the panel that they want quietly just right. knows exactly where yeah. they're going with it and i think that's hilarious also because the way that they draw psychic battle because there's so much psychic mm, yep. battle in this it's like they used their their weird scottish telepathy and they, yeah. they <laughs> made it into yeah. a, a very compelling tele- telepathic like fight scenes and in well, a way the, uh, that makes it way more the telepathics are the best characters in the book though. Oh, of so course, so. yeah. I think so. <laughs> I, I would agree. It, uh, I mean, yeah, so it's I definitely, I, you know, I, I, and, and what the, the, I think that's a perfect segue into fucking Cassandra Nova, the biggest piece of shit. Just so the biggest I, piece of shit. I have to say two things off the book. So, like, we're only like, so we'll do Cassandra Nova, we get right off the jump. And we have, like, even in the second issue, like, two things that stood out to me, I thought. One, why is Wolverine so hot? Oh, he's so hot. Compared dude. to like everybody. Dude, like, he's so the hot. Hotter the than choice everybody. to have him wear just the jacket but unzipped dude, with brilliant. no shirt was fucking brilliant. Yep. He's just it. a yeah, leather no, daddy. Like, this he's a is fucking straight up beefcake. This beefcake is why I was dude. convinced I was straight for so long, is this, yeah, this influence. <laughs> well, same, bro. Same. Part of it is if any character was going to wear that, that was already Wolverine's aesthetic to begin Absolute. with. Absolutely. He, yeah, yeah. And just he's just like you guys just finally caught up to me there's, right. there's an issue later on where he's just wearing leather pants and suspenders yeah it's like what's Again, what's going on very here, specifically oh i just i just realized that's why i have that kink that's weird all right so uh, suspenders. About casey today i suspenders love yeah. specifically <laughs> i love that this book um opens with something that Adam talks about a lot of watching old sitcoms and having the the cold open mirror the the rest of the episode because they're building a sister to Cerebro. Yeah. Uh, like come on. Uh, yep. 
I yeah. didn't even get that. I've read this twice now. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that till just now. But it's like absolutely one hundred percent. I was There's, just yeah. like, oh man. I, I, I love I, how you framed it like like the the cold open. That's so but, good because that's this is exactly we, what we it is. talk about that all the yeah. time. We do, yeah. And it's also <laughs> it's also um, Scott and Logan fighting uh, out of date Sentinels, which becomes relevant right. yeah. later yeah. on as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, I love the yeah. Wolverine yeah. stuck in the Sentinels. Like you can stop doing that now, Logan. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just real like dead. batting You're at good. it. <laughs> yeah, and like, like a the cat. other, and just like again, because Morrison just launches you out of a fucking cannon. Gnosha is just like here you go. I'm like is, oh right. shit! Like, yeah. are we gonna agree that it's Genosha or Genosha? Oh, I always say Genosha. It doesn't really matter. It was Genosha yeah, in the way. cartoon. In the nineties. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, but Sean, way, you're wrong. You've been out. Like that's an enormous moment in X Men. I'm like, oh fuck, here we are. Okay. Yeah. What's the body count? Sixteen million, it's like, and it's just yep. it just happens in the blink of an eye. Like it's literally, it's yeah, it's two pages. It's so funny it's, how much of this book are these like gigantic events that like yeah. like are still important to X Men. Like they shape <laughs> Crazy, the next dude. twenty years of X Men, and, and in some ways happen completely off panel. It's them yeah. showing up and being like, right. uh, this entire uh, island is ash, except for Emma. Everyone else is dead. <laughs> and Polaris. Uh, and was, and Polaris. was this the first manifestation of Emma's diamond form? Yeah. Yes, All this right, is so- her secondary evolution. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, RJ? <laughs> I was waiting for it. No, Let's it's fucking just, go. <laughs> it's the best thing Morrison created. Um, they, they were playing around with secondary mutations. I think like they talk about Beast. Um, right, they do. Like, yeah, Hank goes through it, in but this Beast way. is like he Beast does. has been devolving for like thirty years, whatever, whatever that whatever means. that means. Uh, I, yeah. I think they yeah. stopped it at one point. Um, I feel like Morrison may stop it because like that comes up a lot in this issue. The 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 uh, um the fact of him devolving. Everyone's yeah, like, no, you're fucking not. Like, stop. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. Don't worry. Ma- maybe that's what Austin <laughs> was doing with the angel healing blood. Uh, but yeah, a- anyway, there was a um. There was a period of X-Men where they were playing around with secondary mutations. Um I don't I don't I don't think Morrison started it, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I don't I don't think they did. It was cuz like when it happened to Emma, it was it it, it was described to the reader in like a as something um, that's been like happening. A, catching us up to yeah. the that that mm-hmm. being a recent discovery yeah. in X-Men. So, it's yeah. So Emma is teaching, she's, um, Genosha is, if you don't know, it's, a like a, it, it became a, a mutant, like, sanctuary run by Magneto, um. On an island, sound familiar? Yeah, they, they keep doing that, uh, they've done that. Which is that. why when they, they propose Krakoa to Emma, Emma's like, Really? No the, more again? islands. This yeah, is seemed like a good idea the first time, guys. Krakoa is like time. the Krakoa is like the fifth iteration. There's Utopia, yeah. and there's yeah. San Francisco, and there's Genosha. Asteroid M. There's Asteroid yeah, Asteroid M, M and Krakoa. Yeah, they keep doing it. They keep doing it. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, I, you know, I forget. I think there's a interview with Morrison where they they. Colossus was dead at this point. I think it was either Colossus or Rogue that they wanted, but they couldn't use. So they needed a tank. So they just that's awesome. They just gave Emma a a secondary mutation, um, and it, it is one of the most brilliant things 
uh, in X-Men, um, and it helps fully shape my, my favorite character ever. Uh, I love the decision to do it because, uh, to, to me, it's like uh, taking Emma as someone who feels like the only thing that people see her as is, is vain and egotistical because that's what she keeps on the surface, and you're making it, um, you know, literally manifest itself as something like that. She's just a dollar sign, essentially. Uh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it, it's, you know, she's always, uh, every time she lets someone close to her, she gets hurt, so she guards her heart, and Marson literally gave her a way to do that physically. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. she has a physical armor up yeah uh, so people can't get in and it's literally made of money exactly there's a reason why even after even all these years later after everyone kind of forgetting about secondary mutations emma still has hers because it yeah. works right. so Y'all remember well with the when character. wolverine got his you remember when wolverine got a secondary mutation of hot claws hot and it claws. happened for a single panel of like one book, does, and then we said, "Fuck that!" It was that stupid. There was just one he, coworker that I had at that time that really wanted me to shut the fuck up about hot claws. <laughs> like I just wouldn't <laughs> fucking stop. That's like <laughs> Logan's like uh, third or fourth mutation. I mean, he's like Superman at this point, where they just give him a bunch yeah, of yeah, he has powers. lightsaber. Hands. I, I never really understood like <laughs> what. Some sometimes the mutation is very specific, and sometimes not. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, but anyway, Emma, Emma's like diamond form is an amazing part of the character, and it, I don't know how much intent uh, Morrison put with it. I, maybe they just did like you know like vain person. You get like diamond armor, you know, it works. But like it, it really no. I think they really. I think they get the character. Uh, t- on a deeper level, more so than most, but maybe not quite as much as you, RJ, but like close. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I, gonna say, <laughs> I, I, I will say, Morrison is like probably like e- easily top five. Uh, like the, her introduction to the team is oh uh, my god, perfect. Is like so just the my favorite, like one of my favorite pages of her in general. Like, uh, they go to Genosha and it is literally just smoke and ash and skeletons and also we get introduced to and then get taken away uh negasonic teenage warhead right same she scene. she's yeah. coming out of uh, a bunker and is holding a teenage negasonic warhead and um is like here save her <laughs> yeah she's yeah. like delirious she's right. been holding a corpse for two days completely delirious with grief and and like has basically lost her mind and like that that absolute sheer like like sorrow that she had was and i'm sure just the instinct is what spurred her um secondary mutation so it's like it was part to like obviously they're being nuked by sentinels so she yeah, part self preservation, part that, and then yeah. part just to to maintain sanity, and, you know. And at this um, point, uh, her character had kind of been, um, her character as a hero had kind of been defined of the uh, by the um, horrific massacre of the Hellions by Trevor Fitzroy. So she had already gone through this. This is oh, now the 
yeah, now the second time that this has happened to her on a like on a bigger scale. Um so Yeah, the biggest scale. <laughs> it, it's um, a great yeah. character introduction. Uh, and I guess we should get into why there was a genocide. Uh, we are introduced to Cassandra uh, Nova. Cassandra Nova's a piece of shit. Just the biggest piece of shit. We, <laughs> well, and I don't, uh, there's no way to go through this like in the same timeline as the book. So I just, just to get it all out of the way. You don't know anything what about her. It's just this weird ball yeah. chick who uh, takes a ancestor of the Trask family. Like Bol- uh, Bolivar yeah. Trask made the, the Sentinels. And then, yeah, uh, Cassandra. This is like his fa- like grandson or whatever. Right, Cassandra found <laughs> this this uh, this Trask family member who was a dentist because he brings that up constantly, and is like, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I need your genetics to uh, just you know murder sixteen million people. Basically, to just like open up this fucking Sentinel factory. But well, number we one, in, yeah. number one, open up the Sentinel factory. Master number mold. two, we find Master out mold. later. Right. Yeah, we find out later that she is she's she's uh the genetic twin of xavier but it's a little bit more complicated we'll get to that but because that that makes her a mutant she's got mutant dna so the sentinels would wake up and immediately kill her if she didn't have trask's dna to protect her so that's number two number three later on so so this is my my small theory that i want to see if y'all can get with Later on in the series, we find out that Cassandra Nova used these master molds to create a sentinel, like, flu. There's, like, a sentinel virus mm-hmm. that was attacking. Yeah. So, like, Fucking micro-machines. Yeah, th- <laughs> there were micro, there were nanomachines in their bloodstream that was slowly killing them. And, like, it, it yeah. starts out as kind of, like, Jean has the sniffles, and it devolves into her having, like, a 118 fe- uh, fever and, like, about like they, to die. All of them are, like... Every, every like, even Logan. They make it... They specifically that, say even Logan has the flu. That should have been a That should have been all the alarm bells. It's like... Well, that's why no, they were trying to figure out what the fuck was going Logan on. Logan can't even stay drunk for more than five minutes. If he's got a cold yeah. for longer than a day, that shit's some serious Yeah, that's shit. a genocide, guys. Um, yeah. But, so when she takes this, this dentist oh, trask to there... She's showing him a bunch of uh, genocides, uh, like the way that like uh, Homo sapiens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, she's a she's, fucking what? psycho. Well, it, 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 Clockwork Orange by way of 2001: A Space Odyssey, because she's like, look at these these Neanderthals were wiped out by the Homo sapiens. That, That's gonna be us when they, the Homo sapiens really, um, wipes out Homo sapiens. That uh, that whole speech she gives is uh, maybe way too uh, poignant now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and through but all also, of history, but so the whole time she's <laughs> yeah. the whole time that she is, uh, just forcing him to watch atrocity after atrocity. He's vomiting constantly. My theory is that this fucker also had a cold, and that's why she brought him specifically. Because I'm sure there were also like a bunch of trasks. But if this fucker had a cold, the master mold can create and adapt sentinels to any. Like it can be introduced to new technology and adapt to it. So, well, if she brought a flu virus to a sentinel and went, "Here you go, bud," and then the sentinel replicated it and turned itself into a fucking flu virus. But they also specifically talked about this master mold has been running wild and been making things out of just spare parts and shit. So it could have just been exposed to a bacteria in the fucking jungle. 
they I specifically think, yeah. made a point uh, to say it's been making sense out of random shit. But they also go out of their way to say that she has planned everything and thought of everything, and she well, obviously she just needed her DNA. But also, she needed to, so she, to make so a flu could, so that she could weaken well, the entire X Men so that she could infiltrate. But and, once she was able to control this, the master, she could say, "Hey, make nanobots." Well, I don't. I don't, think, I don't I know don't, if. Yeah. Um, because that's why she brought the trash. It, it doesn't. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if could uh, be both though. Cassandra. <laughs> I don't know if Cassandra comes across Sublime at all in this. But Sublime, um, who is a, another another character, his whole deal in this book is he is um, harvesting mutant organs to turn people into mutants. Um, he's yeah. He's uh. Tra- tra- it's transhumanism as a villain. Yes, um, uh, but he which is. But he is also a um, sentient. He is also a sentient ancient virus from antiquity. Antiquity that is just possessing Sublime right now, and then uh, he becomes the (laughs) mutant drug kick, um, which they they all take. Yeah. Yep. So Uh, maybe maybe Sublime and Cassandra were in it together, and yeah, maybe. I mean, these all could be plausible. There's also Honestly. there's a lot of themes going on that Mar- could just Marson be. Does yeah. There's also a lot of heavy foreshadowing that, that's going on in Marson, these first few uh, issues. Marson does a lot of shit with like weird shit with bodies. It's a lot of there's oh, a lot of yeah. body shit through this. There's whole... a lot of body horror for sure. Yeah. But yeah, so so like we're already running long, so just to get through the the bones of the Cassandra plot, Cassandra Nova was uh <laughs> fucking Xavier's twin sister in the womb that he fucking murdered uh, because, because he sensed evil he sensed evil because there's a, a Shi'ar call it the what's it called RJ uh, uh, Wa- Moomba Wanda something uh, yeah. no 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 it's like the Moomadari um, hold on I'm gonna find Muhadri it um, or something yeah I don't know yeah but like so there, there's an ancient uh, concept that the, that the Shi'ar have that uh, you will at some point meet your perfect opposite. So in the womb, Xavier met his it's a, his spiritual opposite. It's the last and, Jedi, but Luke actually murdered Kylo instead of not. But in the <laughs> womb, yeah. But in the womb, yes. Um, and and yeah. So she, as she she managed to take all of his genetic material. And his his uh therefore his ex gene, and was born into the astral plane. Mm-hmm. Even though her 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 body died, like her body was born stillborn, but she in the astral plane took forty years to manifest a a, a body, a corporeal form from the genetic makeup of Xavier. So that wasn't it she makes at a one lot point, more sense when Morrison says it. Wasn't she at one point just a lump of stuff like clinging to the side yep. of a sewage drain? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Just um, just seething yeah, it, and pulsating with hatred towards mutants. Yeah, like, she's literally the pink yes. goo in Ghostbusters 2, to put it in Adam terms. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank uh, you. Um, <laughs> that formed into a person. Honestly, I've been talking about the pink goo and Ghostbusters 2 a lot these past couple of years. I mean, uh, is, is the internet just the pink goo? Honestly. Is the pink goo a topa? Yeah, it's like it's a whole thing. Yeah, that's like one of the craziest fucking. She's like the. Yeah, it's like that's a fucking insane. 
Yeah, it, yeah it, because and of it's that, awesome. she has this vendetta against. Yeah, the well, it, yeah, it, it, everything. Her entire, her entire Being. purpose is to kill Xavier, but by way of I'm gonna kill everything you've ever loved. I'm gonna, I'm gonna genocide. Because she's not like a all person, quote unquote. Oh no, no, she is. She is a hate tulpa. She is. <laughs> yeah, she is you're right. Yeah, like no, she is born There's, out of out of nothing yeah, but pure opposite of Xavier, which is like. Like whatever the opposite opposite of empathy is, I guess I don't know. I, I love um, that the the first time that they take her down, she's like putting on about to uh, put on Cerebro and like mind control everyone, and Emma just snaps her neck. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Just yeah. not even thinking twice about yep. it. Fucking and then awesome. and then Xavier shoots her like yeah. nine times. So that's that. So the first inter- interaction with Cassandra is her trying to like like breaking in, uh, like hurting everyone and then they're like what the fuck is this and then yeah they they well, kill her well, in that fun- way emma well, snaps her neck and and xavier shoots her funny foreshadowing <laughs> uh xavier earlier in that issue used the gun as a threat to someone who was trying to take over his mind it was cassandra i think yeah. oh, it was cassandra he like put the it gun was, in yeah. his own head yeah and then later on was talking to gene about it and he was like you know i would never ever use this gun on another living thing and then like later like a couple pages later just empties a clip into Cassandra, which should kind of tell you something about what ends up happening. Well, yeah, that's because you find out that that isn't Xavier at all. She got into his head and put his head in her. So, like, his consciousness is dying and languishing in the corpse of Cassandra. I, uh... And Cassandra is now in charge of the most, the, the, uh, the, the biggest, uh, uh, mass destruction weapon uh, in existence that is Xavier's. Brain. I love when they're all um, dying of the flu, and uh, Cassandra is in Xavier's body, and mm-hmm. um, Beast through the whole time is working on a cure, and uh, he does it, and then they're about to like inoculate people, and then they're like, "No, wait, <laughs> that's what she Gene wanted you to do." Out. Yeah, yeah. Gene's like, "No, wait, yeah. that's what she wants you to do." to get her body back and to free herself of the virus. It's like, you can't... Yeah, then Emma and Emma and the uh, cuckoos end up coming up with the f- fucked up way to take care of her. Yeah, that shit was <laughs> nuts. Dude. Yeah, no, yeah. it's awesome. Um, also, yeah, this it's whole, called... Uh, I was surprised Mum- that these both Mumma these arcs are really like... Yeah, like a, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of the- Cassandra Nova being a real piece of shit. Yeah, just like the the fact that she's like a character in the X Men now and is just like on a team is just yeah, it's crazy. baffling to me. Like, no, no, what the well, fuck? I, the again, I don't have like all the background, but like now reading this, it's funny. Like every that it makes sense why every X person is just like, um, no, what the fuck this is bitch? she doing here? Can you get the <laughs> fuck out of here? We please? know there's like sinister and. Apocalypse and all these people, but, like, but no. no, she probably Fuck has you, the man. most mutant blood on her hands than anyone else on the earth. Like, and, and just like no redeeming value at there's, all, and there's negative remorse. Ex- except on top that, of everything else. yeah, yeah, yeah. Series where Jean Grey gives her empathy. I guess is that was the basis for her joining eventually. Is that the one with C Rebro S E A Rebro where they uh-huh. they live under the ocean? Yeah, no, fuck that. I don't. We don't count. We don't count that. That doesn't. That doesn't exist. That didn't happen. Um, but yeah, that's um, the that's the basic sum. I mean, there's a lot more going on, but that's the basic sum of the of the Cassandra story. There's also, as we mentioned, the transhumanism story where 
humans want to become you men, which is like the third oh, species. God. And it's it's Which this... is like totally what it would be fucking called too. Oh, well, totally. They also and it's wanna, and it's this uh they also want to be mutants because it's trendy and popular. Yeah, yeah. and it, mm-hmm. and there's this um uh we uh, we were talking about it off mic with um like uh, there, there's a a trend in culture with the persecution complex where like the the persecutors really desperately want to be the persecuted. So it's like this mm-hmm. this trendy thing to be like, well, oh yeah, you're trying to erase us, and it's like, no, you're literally turning mutants into organ factories. Uh, right? What? Like, <laughs> for the crime you are literally erasing us. Existing, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, by existing, you are turning us into yeah, and chattel like, and murdering us. And the, what the, the fuck? The dude has like a telepath's brain, like amped up on like all this shit to like control people too. It's like it's they, they uh, that yeah. infiltration scene with Domino is so good. It, oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's also very that's horny because her and Wolverine are just flirting the whole time. It fucking that's rolls. in the an- that's in the Zorn annual, right? Yes, yes. Oh yeah, so we get Zorn. Uh, I like how Zorn um, just comes back and is just like. I'm going to heal everybody. See you guys later. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like Zorn. Zorn is basically a it's black hole awesome. in a skull. Like he's like, he is a star in a skull that becomes a black hole in a skull. And uh, uh, the, the Chinese government lock him away and try to turn him into a weapon. And because of that, he is just like, he is literally a black hole. Like he is like devoid of empathy and happiness and like is just Except trying to kill himself. Monk. Yeah. yeah he's too. a monk now. Cause yeah. he's like, is that, well, because they're like basically, I think when they like find him, Scott or the X team is like, hey, maybe try to do this instead. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, cool. I love that he's a <laughs> he's gonna kill himself, which will just destroy yeah. the world because he's a black hole. And Scott yeah. is yeah. like, well, maybe use it don't. for good. I uh, know it's the, yeah. the way that they do it's this great. specifically is perfect because yeah, <laughs> like great, he's dude. going to destroy mainland China by killing himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and right. uh, so so they're all like, we gotta kill him. We have to like as a for the greater good. We gotta we just gotta do it. I'm sorry, bud. And Scott is like, no, Emma, um, can you teach me? Uh, uh or, yeah, is it Emma or is it Jean? Um, Emma. Yeah. So she's yeah. like, he's like, yeah. Teach me Mandarin uh, or Cantonese. I, I forget. Just real quick. Yeah. Um, can you just rewire my language center so I understand this language, please? And yeah, and he talks him down by just being like, maybe, maybe try to do something good with uh, your powers uh, after everyone tried to turn you into a weapon. And yeah, and then turns him. He's like, well, now I'm in the X Men. It's just like incredible. And he uses his he uses his incredible powers to to heal everyone by the end of this and ends up being an integral part of defeating cassandra um, yeah he like without him they would be complete they would like there wouldn't be x-men yeah <laughs> like, uh, they were all fucked because like basically <laughs> they use him to heal the the sentinel microbots that they got in their bloodstream that are yeah killing that, every that and like <laughs> fix uh uh gene who is like fractured because she has to keep charles's consciousness and her own consciousness and her own it's because she's and weakened she's like, by and yeah she's, she's just by the sentinel breaking bots. apart yeah. Oh, yeah. also the phoenix yeah. keeps popping out every every now and again i yeah. but i love in this specifically because we kind of talked about it a little bit the other run like she's like fuck yeah i'm the phoenix yeah mm-hmm. Don't don't come fuck around with it's me, the, or uh, this is what you're gonna get. Don't fuck with my babies. It's one of the best. And Scott's uh, like, uh, the Phoenix came out, and she's like, yeah, so yeah. It's like you know that I'm great. really scared problem? of that, right? It's one of the best. Don't fucking go somewhere else and fuck Emma again. I guess I'm just like get out of yeah. here. I don't care. It's one of the best Gene stories because of just like 
yeah, she is the phoenix. It's fine. And then it's Morrison great. kills her, I loved and it. she's dead for 14 years, and then the phoenix <laughs> force happens, and it's like, no, it's fine. Because I thought, like, the two best characters are in this are Jean and Emma. Like, they're yeah. both just, like, badass bitches that aren't 100%. shit from fucking yeah, every, anybody. Everyone else, I mean, like, Scott has some really good characterization, too. Scott's which good. Is, it's a good Scott, but yeah. Which is, it, it's saying a lot for me, because, like, I never really like Scott, but this one, the characterization is just so on point, and, like... Yeah. Scott's great. Literally, Wolverine is played for laughs most of the time. What, laughs, and uh, he's just the beefcake. Like, he's just, like... He's here, dude, it's, like, it's... But he also like he has he has the entire like B plot where he's just trying to rescue this chick that doesn't want to be rescued and they just keep going into diners and then she just like pukes acid and then he just fights the diner owner like ten times. Yeah. And that's just their plot. And he just keeps like, hey, if you want to live, just can you stop? running the, away just like can we about, just do this uh, the thing i promise i will give you food if you stop running away and then she just keeps running. the thing about uh yeah. morrison scott and logan is that they get the dynamic so well uh it of the of um logan's like i'm not a good person but this guy is so like that mm-hmm. that's the the dynamic like i'm just gonna do everything yeah. that scott wouldn't because uh just to help scott along like you all you right. also can't have a mutant baby boom without Logan picking up a like tougher than nails uh female uh <laughs> right. teenage sidekick who can fly and vomit. Like he keeps <laughs> getting those. Like it was Pixie yeah. for oh, a yeah. while after Angel and, and it the, just keeps The sapphic wolverines. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I, I want I want a I want them to be their own I want a book of that team. Like like um, put I, Kate in charge and just have all uh, of the the the, the meme <laughs> that RJ sent me a couple weeks ago was uh, oops all sapphic and it's just a uh, uh, <laughs> Captain Crunch bowl but it's all the women <laughs> that Wolverine raised and it's so <laughs> That's it's, hilarious. That's yeah awesome. it's it's Jubilee Laura uh, Kitty uh, Pixie Angel like it's just it's That's oops awesome. all, oops all sapphic. Pixie's my favorite, though. I love Pixie. Pixie's one of my favorite characters. Like, I just, I love this one. I think it's like 120. This issue is basically just like them trying to transport like Scott and Emma to, um, to take their like parts to make mutant powers. And they let, they didn't keep her sedated. And then she gets out of her diamond form and just reeks fucking hell well they, she specifically wreaks havoc because they broke her nose earlier her and nose she's fucking mad it's like a, <laughs> and basically makes them feel all of that pain and just by like a times a thousand well, that, and just fucks people that off. was an expensive nose <laughs> it was like a twenty thousand dollar nose job i guess it was her 16th that, that birthday expensive present. Uh, and then, later like, they, on, later on, she shows up with a, a bandaid on her nose, and someone's like, "Is this a new plastic surgery, or is this a war wound?" And she's like, "I like I think to think it's, it's an innovative combination of both." Yeah, he was like, "Is this just the, <laughs> from the French collection?" Yeah. Then those same people try to go to the school, and Jean walks out and is like, "Oh, they're like, yeah, we have all our powers figured out." And Jean's like, "No, you don't." Yeah, and just, because they're like, "We know that you're not protected," and she's like, "I'm sorry." I'm sorry. Uh, I'm the fucking phoenix. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, and just 
destroys I have an them. intergalactic bird uh, living Gene in my makes, body. Uh, Gene makes a bunch of fascists poop themselves. I mean, I don't... Uh, there's not a more Morrison thing that happens. And then light, and then lights them on fire. Like, that, <laughs> yeah, that's the then, most Morrison like, scene ever. Yeah, they they puke and poop themselves yep. in their stupid like like uh spacesuits, and then like yep. I love that like uh, Wolverine and Angel, aforementioned so uh, troubled teen, they roll up to the school right as this is happening, and he's like, "Welcome home. This is your. It, it's a safe haven for mutants, and it's perfect in every way." And she's like, "There's a bunch of naked dudes on fire running yeah, for their lives." Like, let, let's face it, Angel covered was in poop safer and puke. before, like. I mean, just don't be on the wrong side of the phoenix and you're fine. Don't be a fascist and you won't have to be on yeah, fire. It's fine. <laughs> you won't have it's, to be on fire. That, that's a band name. It's an easy... <laughs> <laughs> also, I love at one point that like there's uh, the, 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 the head fascist is talking about using Emma's traits and he's like, ah, uh, Diamond Liquid Lipstick. Uh, what a good band name. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> fuck you, it is. It is a really good band name. That's, like, that's the parts of Morrison's punk shit just bleeding through. Yeah. <laughs> and they had that cool silent issue in here, too. Oh, I like love the silent Charles's issue. Charles' brain. The, was really yep. cool. the one that gets homaged later by Hickman and uh, Dodderman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, it even cool. like yeah. it even has the same kind of like fuck you jokes because uh, like it's been uh, I don't know at least twenty years since I read this and uh, the 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 like dynamic of Emma and Jean in <sighs> in that great. silent like psychic world is really good because like it's Emma fighting like like visages of Cassandra that are just like puking and trying to eat her and then like Jean comes up and she's like thanks for your help Emma and she's like. Fucking kidding me! (laughs) (laughs) Covered in vomit this whole time. This is this sucks. Yeah, Yeah, that's like when you get like the silent history of Cassandra and Charles too. Yeah, literally Emma just like walks out of the room and she's like, "Yeah, so he's got a secret twin in the womb that he killed. Uh, We gotta go." Like what? I like how many times in this book, um, Hank figures out something nightmarish and has to go run and tell everyone else. Like he finds yeah, out early- that, uh, that the, the brains are switched it, between uh, Cassandra and, and he Oh, he has to Xavier. literally break himself out of a coma and then carry the corpse of Cassandra Nova <laughs> to Gene outside. Charles. Yeah. And he's like, and, then, and, and then, just like passes back out again. And then later when he <laughs> finds out that the, the flu they all have are sentinels. And he has to go run and tell everybody. It's like, man. He also and nobody's listening. He, I feel like he says it like 20 times. And he's like, guys, it's because there's sentinels in your blood. Guys. <laughs> Are you not understanding what I'm trying to in say? In your blood. You're like really not getting it. There's sentinels in your blood. I, think, I don't know if they do anything with it. But early on, he says he discovered that there is like a end date on the human genome and they'll be all, they'll all be dead in four generations oh that, that's one of the <laughs> i don't know if that's that comes one of up. the big things of, of morrison's run is that um eventually well cassandra's propaganda is essentially that um yeah humans will go extinct and be replaced by mutants it's it's it's, it's, it's yeah. literally the fascist the you white, will not replace it's, us it's the white it's replacement literally, theory but for yeah, yeah. absolutely it's 100 percent that bullshit uh yeah but yeah, no, there's just so much going on in here. And then like Fucking... the culmination of 
the the third mute the, the the third species shit and then Cassandra and like the the uh sentinel virus all kind of hit at the same time in this and like the fucking Shi'ar showing up because oh well that was Cassand- the Cassandra I, Charles goes off into space and just starts killing all of them yeah. to take yeah, over the well, fucking because, Shi'ar so so the second that Cassandra <laughs> takes over Charles's body the fir- before anyone knows it. The first thing she yeah. does is he get on the news. Out. No, the first thing she does is get oh, on the news right. and and um, uh, out them Announce all as them. mutants. It annou- yeah. announces that she's like, "I'm a mutant." She as Charles is like, "I'm a mutant." My school is all mutants, and then like that causes a massive all the protests she, at the gates, and then just pieces out. And then is like, "Oh, this has all been so Earth. stressful. <laughs> I need to go have a fuckcation with my girlfriend <laughs> yeah. in space." Yeah. Um, that was the- and everyone's like. That's kind of fucked. There's a, one dude. small. There's <laughs> one small line where after everything is revealed and Cassandra's the bad guy, and like Lalandra, it's like, oh, you were worthless and bad. I was like, wow. Yes. Jesus. Yes. Goddamn. Jesus. Yeah. Like that's like just revealing yourself to be a rapist on top of everything else. Christ. All right. <laughs> also, is it just me or are there several moments in this yeah. book where Xavier looks like Grant Morrison? Yes. No, you're absolutely that, correct. That is not by, a mistake. And by a few, mean every time quietly dry, draws Xavier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that is, that is not a mistake. That, that is 100%. The model. Yeah. No. And, and uh, I think they've even said that outrightly. Like, that's, yeah. that's absolutely the, the purpose. It's, um, and by, like, by fair, comparison, like, yeah. also Cassandra looks like Grant Morrison. So, yeah, well, that's you true. Know. Part of this whole Grandmaster plan is going into space and then taking over the entire Shi'ar Empire and convincing them that the mutants are infected with this, like, this, like, super virus thing, genocidal super virus that's going yeah. to kill them, too. So, like, they, for so the greater good, does the dirty work for them. Yeah. 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 Well, they're like, yeah. th- but they're also weirdly nationalist and fascist on their own in their own way. Yeah. That like they're like okay, well we have to exterminate the mutants for their own good. We should try to do it in a humane way. And it's like they've been convinced that they're the heroes and that they need to genocide for that reason. Um, and then it's it, it's this whole uh, song and dance of killing a bunch of super gladiators to try and convince everyone that it's not that they're not infected with a super virus. It's just a lot of viruses going on. Also, but she was fucking wild. She was wild. <laughs> and then uh, Zorn is actually Magneto uh, at one point, and that doesn't happen in this volume. No. That happens later. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't need to get to Zornito. Um, when we but were all also- texting back and forth while we were reading it, like we all kind of finished sort of around the same time, and uh, RG is like, "I'm so glad I don't have to talk about Zornito." Mm. Also, it's impossible to read that as. Zornito. I read it as Zornetto, like Cornetto, like the the, <laughs> nice. the tasty treat. Some, uh. I guess the other big thing is uh, since Zorn heals everybody, Xavier doesn't need his wheelchair either. Right. Too. Yeah. Yes, that is also part of it. He, was- uh, the very end of this volume is just like, "What's up, bitch? I can walk." <laughs> <I can> walk. <laughs> well, that's another bit of that, like, kind of bookended foreshadowing. Because at the very beginning, there's this moment of vulnerability where. Uh, Xavier's like, Hank, my chair, I need my chair. And then mm. in that last scene, yeah. he's like, Hank, I don't think I'm going to be needing my chair anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah that's a really good point. Yeah. Also, the way that they beat Cassandra is putting her into a, uh, a a super guardian convoy thing that was just like a shapeshifter and, uh, and then turning her into basically like a lobotomized Blob. imbecile. Put you in there, yeah, and then like it just like absorbs... 
her. Well, yeah. Uh, like, Emma makes Emma weird. makes uh, the thing look like a um, uh, her body, like her body, and tricks yeah. her. And I, I really like that scene a lot because to me, that is kind of the the ultimate like nail in the coffin of whether Emma was ever going to be a bad guy again or not. Because Beast is well, like, yeah, because Hank is immediately yeah. like, I fucking knew it. She betrayed us. Yeah, she's always been a villain, and I saw this coming a million miles away. I love and then, that. Like, it's revealed that she's actually, and he's like, I'm really sorry I said that. And then he sorry immediately had to fucking eat, eat crow. Yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, and then, I didn't hey, for Emma, some reason. Uh, sorry. My bad. For some reason, people would spend the next 20 years debating as to whether she was a villain or not. I, I hate it. Yeah, Poor like, shit. she, there was the opportunity to, like, turn and, like, say, like, fucking save them all. Her and the cuckoo, basically. Honestly, like. By putting her in this, like, weird pillow amoeba thing. <laughs> <laughs> is is this the greatest face turn of all time, Emma Frost? Like, oh yeah, oh for sure. What <laughs> I've been <laughs> saying this. This is great. She is yeah. awesome. Emma Frost is the best hero ever because she, uh, she's the perfect definition. Yeah, where have of, you been? <laughs> she she is what a superhero is. She's someone that just tries to be better than she used to be every day. There you go. Hell yeah. That's all you can try to That's be. That's all you we know? can ever do, yeah. you know? I, I was going to say, yeah. Sometimes um, you can barely it, it's so cool that Morrison, uh, this was Morrison's first book at Marvel, and I love that they kind of got it's put crazy. onto a book. Uh, they, they were having um, legal disputes with the Invisibles or something. Like, some something happened with um, DC and uh, independent books where they were uh, kind of, like, they were like done and they were just like, all right, I'm going to go to Marvel. And um, so they got put on this book and, uh, you know, uh, didn't have a ton of nostalgia for the, for the characters or whatever, but then they, they stuck with it and they ended up making something that, uh, you know, if you read current interviews, I think they're, they're still pretty proud of this book and it's, mm-hmm. it's divisive, but it's divisive in the way that like, you know, some X-Men fans hate it, but I've also read people that, only like this run of x-men they don't like any other like this was their introduction and so i i think you know for as many detractors as there is there's there's plenty of people that that love this run and i i think as someone who you know is a diehard um and loves many eras of x-men that this is still one of the the most important and incredible runs because it it is so different and it, it is like a nice change of pace and does a lot to in- innovate and carry on. I, I mean, I've, I've said this already, but you know, it it really is. I mean, there's absolutely no chance in hell that you get a Hickman X Men without a Morrison. Uh, yeah, Th- this this like, book. There's. I I said earlier that like I was kind of turned off by this book, and and I, I think it was mostly I just the the art kind of hit me in a weird way, and I just I I, I kind of it, this wasn't for me when it first so, came out. Um, but I'm I'm so glad I'm so glad we got a chance to go back and I got to reread this and realize just how much of a foundation that this book set for X Men for just for so freaking long. You know, like we've been yeah, yeah. building on this same foundation for twenty years. Some now. sometimes I think it's uh, I think hindsight really helps uh, runs grow. You know, and kind of uh, they they age better than. Like sometimes when you you're reading a book and it's your favorite characters or whatever, and 
the status quo is shifted so differently that you're like, well, this is what it's going to be like forever. You know, I'm stuck with this, you know, Mm -hmm. but, you know, Krakoa is so interesting right now that I think it, it, this, it ages this book even better because, uh, the things that are good kind of continue forward and the things that like Zornito got, you know, just kind of go, go away. Um, but like, (laughs) you know, I, it's hard because I've been there with uh, favorite characters or books that are bad or, you know, you're not liking at the moment um, and you feel like it's going to last forever and that your favorite characters are gone. But that's not always the case. And I think sometimes going like going back to new X-Men, if you weren't liking in the beginning, maybe now that you know how things play out, uh, maybe maybe that will help. Um, I mean, I. From personal experience, I feel like some of my favorite things in general, not just comics, but like music, movies, comics, my initial response was, fuck this, this is stupid Mm. in some way, you know? And then going back and revisiting it as a a more well-rounded person has been like, oh, this is like specifically... Like Minor Threat, the first time I first time I heard Minor Threat, I fucking hated it. Uh, First time I heard my favorite album in general by my favorite band i hated it because it was so different than the thing they put out before uh first time i saw jack kirby art i was like what is this cartoon shit uh like i feel like all of my favorite things initially hit me because they're so visceral and Mm. different than what you're they they challenge the status quo in a way that that you your immediate response is like ooh no what I, and I feel like that's what this X Men uh, is to add to Absolutely. that I feel like Morrison as a writer is also like that I I feel yeah. like reading Morrison now like having like being better read and better aware of the world and you know them as a person and all all of that makes their writing that much better and. Absolutely. Because, um, yeah, I was I was pulled in by, like, this and Doom Patrol in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, and I was just like, I don't get it, but it's cool. Right, yeah. And, like, there was something about it that I that I liked, but I couldn't tell you why, and I was scared of that. I was just like, I'm not smart enough for this. This, uh, um, this and, yep. and, like, perfect example, depending on your first introduction to Morrison, y- you could just be completely turned off by their writing entirely. Um, mm. uh, unfortunately, my boyfriend's first experience with the character was they were uh they were suggested nameless by a comic shop that is not mine and that is possibly the absolute worst place to start with morrison because you it's need to just do so much homework or that book is basically you, incomprehensible casey you gave you me to invisibles know- to read on the fucking train you had read yeah, other i thought morrison. you were a freak man i thought you were a freak like me you weren't freakish enough yet <laughs> welcome to the freak club <laughs> wow i you know real recognize real i believed in you to be the freak that that you've become I love the, the recommendation of oh this person didn't like it it's their fault yeah <laughs> no, not not i asked no, was- specifically for something digestible to read on the train you were like you should read invisibles i was like okay i, I think i read three pages of invisibles on the train before i was like you what? like acid right <laughs> yeah here's but i wasn't a, on acid on septa you know, like no. There's a but time do you want place. to be? You can read Invisibles. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, Nameless is even more incomprehensible than in- Invisibles. It's it's it, like you need to read a dissertation on angelic magic. Like it's <laughs> like I don't I don't understand it. I'm not occult enough for that fucking book. And yeah, they yeah. just handed it 
to him sight unseen. And so when I try to be like, this is my favorite writer. Here, read this. He's like, no, I fucking hate that guy. And I'm like, how dare you? And we almost broke up. Jesus. (laughs) But just kidding. We didn't. uh, But I was serious. This X-Men run (laughs) is that different. Like, uh, you know, just it is such a drastic change. But um, I I think it's worth it for everyone to check it out. Uh, if, If you don't like the X-Men, if you do, um, and you haven't read it, I, th- I think it's definitely worth a go. And it's, I think it's also a very digestible Morrison, if you've never read any of their stuff. It's, uh, it's the most comic sure. booky. As, as <laughs> digestible as Morrison's get, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as weird yeah, as this, this is book... pretty digestible. As weird as this book gets, it is kind of uh, more... I don't know. I don't it still has the bones of a superhero comic, yeah. whereas most other things. X-Men. It's funny right. to yeah, see yeah. like Morrison, uh, kind of um, condensed by editorial, but at the same time, I can't believe they still got away with the things they did. Like, yeah, y- yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'm sure there yeah, was. No, it's a perfect combination of both somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there were even crazier things that were shot down, but at the same time, like. The, the things that they did manage to it's it's incredible yeah. Well, so. I, yeah i feel like it's like that um that south park thing where it's like every time south park sent a script to um the the sec the sec would be like this is nc17 where we can't show this edit it and then south park would send something worse like the only changes they would make would be to add worse shit <laughs> yeah. and i feel like that's like what morrison did but with like bizarre shit but like uh, instead of uh, just offensive a lot of the weirdness in this book too and i don't know i don't know if this is just like the tone that he's that they set with this but like a lot of the weirdness is weirdness because it's x-men but then like is it weirdness because of x-men because grant permanently changed x-men by making it this weird like (laughs) yeah i think it's i think it's a little bit of uh the chicken and the egg there it fucking yeah, it, it's I awesome. mean, it, it's it, perfect in, pairing. In some ways, it, it was the, the best air. book for them to kind of cut their Marvel teeth on. Just, yeah. 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 You can do so much that they're, you know, you've got the weird space and then the. the... Just give Morrison a team of misfits and good things are going to happen. <laughs> it's true. That's true. all I'm saying. <laughs> so, is that it or we, did we hit all the spots? I think we did. I think my head's gonna explode. We could explode probably talk about Zornito go more. Any further. But, you know, no, I'd rather not. I'm good. i I would. Uh, my head's gonna explode like I'm Jean Grey with with a mutant cold holding Xavier in my skull. I'm good. I don't need to. <laughs> so, so that that concludes the the X Men portion of this season. Um, I'm glad we did. This, this was a really cool two runs to hold side by side, and like. It's yeah. it's funny to call this run like a more modern run because this was 20 years ago. But like comparing this to Phoenix, it's like okay, this was the changing of the guard. You had like this kind of X-Men writing. And then from this point forward, we have this kind of X-Men. Like mm. that's the before and after. I I I like that we chose these two volumes to 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 do this with. But um what do we have next this season coming up? We're almost we're almost done for this season. We're we're already recording Superman. the Patreon stuff. Doing Superman for all seasons next. We're doing our love letter to Tim Sale. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be cool. Yeah, I don't think we've all read Superman for all seasons, but that's an all time great as well. Pretty excited. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's a great book. 
so uh tune in next week for some for some superman uh yeah so plug scott my brain is just like liquid at this yeah, point yeah no so we uh are, we are shattered spe- speaking of patreon stuff we've been we're we've been recording our uh, our off-season stuff that we re- release uh on patreon first we're doing manga uh rj's ruining my life with on with manga so uh <laughs> stay tuned for that stuff hopefully we're gonna get that out with the first one out still in october um and consider joining our patreon because you'll get it early uh and you'll get all kinds of cool stuff. We're, we're, it's October. We always have fun stuff out on the uh, on the Patreon. So go check that stuff out. Also, uh, let's keep this conversation going over in the Discord. I'll give you a link to that and our our uh, our Patreon in the episode description. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Last Week's Comics. For me, for them, this is Tales from the Shortbox. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>